Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, we are into the afternoon, uh, two hours here, and uh, we are here on a Tuesday, uh, the day after President's Day. Hey, uh, Kenny, have you been following this latest uh, court case in New York where the judge, this judge, Arthur Ngoran, uh found uh, you mean himself, si- uh, uh, Simon Bar Sinister. That's the guy. It looks just <laughs> yes. like Simon Flipped. Bar Sinister. <laughs> well, you know, and, and here's the thing. This judge made the ruling all on his own. There, this was not a court case. Well, it was a court case in front of him. But, I mean, there was no jury. Uh, the, the Trump didn't even get to really defend himself to speak of. But then it turns out... And I don't know if you've seen this yet or not. His attorney is going to file an appeal. But you know what he has to do in able for, yes. for his lawyers to file a, an appeal? He's got to pay the fine. It, yeah. He's got to pay the full amount, yeah. the $354 million in fines, yep. actually with interest. So it works out to about $450 million just to have his case heard. And as they stated in this story this morning, Trump is the only person, now listen to this carefully, he's the only person ever to be sued under an obscure New York fraud statute that does not require any harm to be done to anyone. In other words, no, no bank needs to step forward and say, oh, we we were harmed. We didn't get to charge the right amount of interest or he didn't make his payments because nobody's ever said that he didn't make his payments or anything else. And they've uh, they've effectively criminalized the everyday practice of real estate valuation. And a number of people have come out now and and said that, you know, this may may cause a run of businesses to leave New York for other states that are much less detrimental and harmful to individuals. But again, no one, Trump is the only person ever to have been sued under this obscure New York fraud statute that does not require any harm to be done to file the charges. And then he's got to come up with Four, basically $450 million, which, you know, I mean, that, how can that's this judgment a lot of money. stand? Well, it can't. I, mean, I don't it, see how it can. Yeah. But. Let's, uh, let's ask uh, Dan from over in Wrenchall what, what he thinks. But I, you know, can it stand? Well, I guess unless uh, he files and, and asks for a jury trial and gets a, uh, a jury that is a little more accommodating. But you would think it would require uh, the bond would require a company to guarantee payment for a defendant who has been banned from doing business in New York. It just helps. And that, that's Brad, it's, it's it just what helps them. every time they do something like this, more people decide they want to vote for him. So bring it on, <laughs> keep it going. But I want to call about uh, what happened with the two officers and the first responder. You know, when yes. you look at the responsible party, maybe you look at somebody that really should be judged for their behavior. When you look at the, the governor of Minnesota, how he attacked the police force and allowed the police force to stand down, and uh, maybe the, the mayor of Minneapolis, maybe the attorney general, maybe George Soros, maybe all these people that 
of constantly telling people, resist, resist. Don't respect police. If they're white police, shoot them. You know, they're doing this, they're doing this in their hip-hop music. Slap the woman, hit the woman, beat the woman up. It's, it's being, they're being programmed and, and promoted by people like George Soros and the DFL. Shame on the DFL for promoting anti-police. It's never been a situation where police forces can't find people to, to take those jobs because they're not being respected anymore. They're being attacked. You know, these people have automatic weapons. What is that about? Yeah. You know, they don't have gun control. How about if they just do their little gun, gun control dance in the Twin Cities? Maybe just not even St. Paul. How about Minneapolis? Say nobody can have any guns at all in Minneapolis anymore. And if we find yeah. you with a gun and you're doing a crime, you do 20 years in St. Cloud, no matter you know, what color your skin is, you know? You know, Dan, you bring up uh, some some very interesting points, I think. Number one, uh, thank you for bringing yeah. this up because it really, I think it is going to stimulate some conversation here. Uh, number one, are officers to the point now I'm just asking this as uh, from my own gut feeling here. We have we have made police officer work less than desirable. We have prosecuted and sent to prison officers who thought they were doing the right thing, thought they were controlling situations. Look at the case in in New York. It's not even a police officer, but a good Samaritan who on a subway uh took a guy down, held him in a head hold, it's a former Marine, uh, held a guy in a head in a neck hold because so many people were frightened on the subway and uh, all kinds of people stepped forward. Minorities, everybody else said, hey, the guy was doing the right thing. He was keeping this guy out of, we were afraid he was going to attack us, that he was going to try to harm many of us. He was threatening to murder people and this guy was holding him. Now they want to prosecute him. They want to send him to jail for helping, and two or three other people helped him hold this guy down until police came. Uh, I, I think we have, I think we have made policing to a point where I wonder if officers don't go into a situation like this down in Burnsville and say, "Gee, I hope the guy doesn't pull a gun on us because if he does, we kind of gotta let him shoot at us first before we return fire." Huh? I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering if we have created a situation where uh, the bad guys have an advantage because we have created situations where we tell police officers, hey, if you see a, a guy driving a car and he doesn't have any headlights, if he's black, just let him go. Just let him drive on. We'll, we'll you know, report the incident. We'll send somebody out to check the car for safety violations. But... But don't don't make an issue of it uh, because we don't want to get into a confrontation with people, and I, I think some people get that attitude that they know that if they raise a ruckus, people are going to let them go. Either that, or uh, they're going to if they got a gun in the car, uh, they better run because if they get stopped and pulled over and they've got a gun and and they're illegal to carry a gun. Now, Dan brought up an interesting point: why instead of doing what we're doing in the state of Minnesota? Why, instead of trying to pass a law that will make it almost impossible for a law-abiding citizen to own a gun, why don't we really throw the hammer down on people that are illegal? 
people like this guy who he knew he was not allowed to own guns, and yet he went out and purchased guns. Why don't we make it that if you get picked up and you are a criminal and you have a history and you have a restraining order on you or an, or, or an order that you cannot own or, or uh, be in possession of guns and we find you that way, we lock you up for a minimum of 25 years. And if you've done damage, physical assault with that gun, you're going to lock you up forever and you're never going to see the light of day. We put the criminal behind bar where they belong and allow law-abiding citizens who simply want to protect their families or protect their property the right to do that. But if you are a criminal and you break the laws and you violate uh, those laws about owning or having a gun in your possession, we lock you up and never see the light of day. That, to me, would seem that it would really put the omen on criminals to stay away from owning a firearm or stay away from being around a firearm because I don't want to go to jail forever. But what happens in too many of these cases is they allow them out or they plea bargain down to a lesser charge. Anyway, let's let's move along. We got Tom from Port Wing. Uh, Tom, uh, what's your take on some of this stuff? Well, you know, I, I want to say something about the rule of law. You know, we have a Democrat party that is in the process of actually destroying the rule of law in this country. You know, I would only respect it, your governor, a little bit, had after these uh, two officers were shot, had he come out and said, we need to really look into uh, uh, defunding the police. That would have, he would have at least been true to his Democrat principles, because they were the ones for how long running around saying, we need to defund the police, you know. Yeah. They were all on yeah. board with that kind of nonsense. Again, destruction of, of the rule of law, you know. Uh, what you were talking about, making examples of people, that's biblical. You know, the reason why you had a public execution is because that was the example to all those other people. What did... What did they come out and say about carjacking, that these young kids that are carjacking, uh, they're under 18, and they're the ones who are doing most of it. We are oh, not – we're not going to be prosecuting them. You know, not only do they get their record, at, at, you know, taken care of when they turn 18, they're not even going to go after and prosecute them. They're the problem. You know, they're the ones carjacking. You need to set an example of these young hoodlums. And, and you can't go and steal other people's car. You can't rip a woman out of the, the driver's seat and there's a baby in the back and just drive off with her car or have some window woman hanging onto the windshield wipers uh, of, yeah. of a vehicle. I mean, come on. On the border, what do we have? More destruction of the rule of law. I'm, uh, you know, wondering what, what's going on here. For how many years, Brad, as a matter of fact, not too long ago, I called you up about this. We were told 11 million people, 11 million illegals, you know. Then there'd be a couple million more, and they'd still be marching around the media with 11 million. We now have evidence that under this Biden administration, they've brought or allowed into the country anywhere from, what, 7 to 11 million more? Yeah, yeah. I mean, total destruction of the rule of law. 
This party, Donald Trump, I'll give you my last example. The woman who uh, supposedly going to receive $83 million for, E. Jean Carroll, you yeah. know, in, just about, in every state, Brad, those kind of situations, you have the statute of limitations is one or two years, depending upon which state you're in. This was, what, 30 years ago? And yeah. now she gets... 83 million and in most cases you have to go in and prove what you know i've been denied uh x amount of a living uh, uh to the tune of i don't know seven hundred thousand dollars where was she denied 83 million dollars worth of uh income because of what supposedly happened to her as you've stated before she was yeah. not raped she was supposedly fondled for $83 million, and all of a sudden, she, she was so put out by it, she couldn't make a, a living to earn her $83 million. That kind of stuff, again, the statute of limitations is a law for a reason. There's yeah. a limit. And the limit on something like that is because, you know, people's memory fades as the years go by. If you don't come up with a case against somebody within a one year in some states, two years in others, there's a reason why there's a statute of limitations, because right. people's mind gets foggy. Different things happen. Pretty soon. Witnesses you know, die of old age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's another case of, you know, the, the $353 million. The state of New York, I wouldn't exactly spend that right away. And for E. Jean no. Carroll, I'll give her a little bit of advice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy that $83 million house. Because no. the chances of you getting it on appeal, when we have common sense hopefully return to this country, and we actually respect the rule of law again, yeah. they won't ever well, see me, any of that money. Let, let, me, uh, let me give you another example, Tom. Thank you very much, by the way. But let me give you another example as we go to first break here. There's uh, in, in Wisconsin, in your, your state of Wisconsin, just had a, uh, just had a man— a father of three uh, in Russ County. Uh, his name was uh, Stephen Nasholm, Nasholm, uh, N-A-S-H-O-L-M. He was a father of three daughters killed by an illegal immigrant driver who was drunk, didn't have a driver's license, didn't have a, 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 um, a U.S. driver's license, was driving twice the legal limit, ran through a stop sign, hit this father, and killed him, leaving his three daughters and his wife uh, as widows and orphans. And this happens way too often in this country. But again, if you'd have some laws that would make sense, where if you are an illegal immigrant and you get caught driving without a driver's license and committing felony homicide, they lock you up and throw you away and send you uh, back to a prison hole in some third world country where you came from. But we don't do that. Anyway, let's go to our break. We'll be back. KDAL time is 1226. We're going to go 1227 in three, two, one. There it is, 1227. How about 40 degrees in Hibbing, Brad? Oh, man, do I love that. <laughs> wow. And uh, see, listen, I had mentioned earlier we're going to have a special guest, and we do. Yes. We have Tom Sullivan on the phone, and Tom is the deputy chair of Senate District 8. That does cover Duluth, uh, but he wants to announce the uh, Republican caucuses that are 
coming right, up. Right, which is coming up this in just this coming week. In fact, what, Tom, next Tuesday, the uh, Republican caucuses are going to be held right in Duluth? Correct. Tuesday, the 27th of February. Okay. And, uh, Tuesday. There, there, I'll give you the, the whole uh, report on it, Brad. Tuesday, the 27th of February, uh, we meet between 7 o'clock and 9 o'clock. And the location is uh, this year, uh, for the first time, because we're combined from uh, both ends of Duluth, we're going to be meeting at the Lincoln Park Middle School, which is out okay. on 3215 West 3rd Street in Duluth. And uh, like I say, from 7 to 9 is the caucus. Uh, people that are coming uh, from the precincts in Duluth should try to show up a little bit early to register. We'd like to see people starting to arrive between 6 and 6.30 to sign up. And as we know, there's a lot of important things that have to be addressed in this coming election. And right. I'll, I'll be glad to hit, to hit a few if you've got the time. Well, yeah. And, and in fact, I wanted to mention first off, Tom, that a lot of times... Uh, you know, what you're looking for is this is the way that people get involved in the grassroots. They really get involved. If you want to be involved in politics and you want to be involved in what's happening in your state, in your district, in your area, this is the way it all starts at the grassroots caucus basis. It's where you go. You get to meet other people uh, of like kind. And, the you know, if you're ever thinking of running for office, you want to meet people at these caucuses and get to know what the party platform's all about. There's just so many things. But, yeah, maybe maybe you talk a little bit because there's some people I'm sure that are maybe a little afraid, a little timid. They think they're going to show up there and the only people that are going to be there are the all died hard, uh, died in the wool Republicans that have always been involved. And I won't really get my say. But that's not the truth. No, it's not. It's absolutely uh, the opposite of that. Uh, it's like you say, this is grassroots uh, of the democratic process here in America. People meet in their caucuses to bring forth any ideas or uh, thoughts that they have from uh, to add to the Republican uh, platform. Uh, sure, there's going to be a lot of, uh, of the diehard Republicans there. But uh, I look at myself, I, I didn't get involved in anything until about uh, 2016 when we had yeah. uh, an election uh, that was very important for this country and 2020 as well. So you, anybody can show up and anybody can express their ideas and we break it up into precincts. So they're smaller groups that meet. So you're meeting with your neighbors and your neighbors might be of like mind and uh, come up with some of the same ideas that you have. So it's a Absolutely. very, very relaxed atmosphere where people can express their ideas and listen to the ideas of their neighbors. Now, now, Tom, when you said you're meeting at the Lincoln Park Middle School, now some people might not understand where that is. That's the school that's located up above Wheeler Field uh, out there in West, uh, West Duluth, right? Correct. Yep. 3215 West 3rd Street. So if people uh, okay. throw that into their, their GPS, it'll take them right there. But it's the uh, yeah the large school that uh, overlooks the friendly West End. 
Good. And like you say, the the uh, caucuses actually start at seven, but they'd like you to re- arrive a little bit early to sign in uh, so they know what your address is, what what your particular uh, caucus or precinct is. And then what happens at those meetings? Well, at the meetings, we break into small groups uh, for each precinct. People put together their ideas. They vote on a precinct uh, chairman. Uh, gather information that we want to uh, push uh, down to the state party. And uh, so anybody that has any idea on any aspect of what they'd like to see happen in the state of Minnesota, they can put these ideas together, send them down, and have it looked at in the uh, the state party and either adapted or uh, discussed. Right. You actually put resolution forward that could be part of the official party platform as it goes along. It starts off at the caucuses, goes to the state. The state could end up sending your same idea onto the national platform. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so, well this is good yeah, the stuff. The whole idea is to, is to get people together and try to, uh, to accomplish party goals, uh, elect volunteers for various uh, activities within the precinct, and uh, discuss and propose resolutions on issues and ideas that uh, they want, you want, as a, as a citizen of Duluth, to support, have the party support, uh, potentially uh, influencing the official party platform. So Fantastic. that's what it's all about, grassroots. It, it truly is. And again, uh, Tom, maybe you give us again the, the date that this is going to happen, where it's going to happen, and what time, etc., Absolutely, Brad. It's uh, Tuesday, February 27th, uh, which is uh, just uh, the next week. So it's a week, uh, just over a week away. 7 o'clock at Lincoln Park Middle School, 3215 West 3rd Street. And uh, we're looking for folks to arrive between 6 and 6.30 to register. And uh, we'll just sit around and talk to people about things that are going on that are of interest to themselves or potential interest to other people that are in the city. Fantastic. Great. Well, that thank you so much for uh, coming on today and giving us the uh, lowdown on the caucuses that are coming up this coming Tuesday, the 27th. So appreciate you, your time this morning. You know, Tom. I got to I got to ask Tom. Tom, is it true that Brad Bennett wore the high karate cologne when he showed up for <laughs> karate class? <laughs> Yes, he did. <laughs> so that, that goes back a few years. But I, uh, yeah, I actually sat on the committee that promoted Brad to brown belt, and I remember that. Yeah, yeah, you I did. Remember, I, but I remember the. I remember the event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it happened at the old Lake Street. Uh, karate studio right on the corner of Lake and whatever it was over there, Lake, but uh, Lake and Lake and Thirty First. I remember. I, there it I was. Spent a lot of nights there. Yeah, and I was amazed because they would break us up. We would have to first of all do our kata, which is the form, you know, to know that we knew all our forms, and then we had uh, free fighting where we would uh, have an opponent and we would go through a short uh, little. Uh, fighting thing and the judge you were the judge of my particular group and you would pick out whether a guy or a gal knew enough to be advanced to the brown belt and i was <laughs> yep. pretty proud to have you uh have you uh, move me along yep it was uh yeah those were uh those were great days 
Those were great days. Was that they were out to Nam? Is it, no, well, it was after Nam. Yes, right. After Nam. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. Trying to get a time. Well, on. thank. Oh. All right. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Tom. I appreciate it very much. Tom Sullivan, uh, co-chair of the Eighth District. Uh, well, actually, his title is uh, he's the Republican Executive Committee Deputy Chair of the Senate District 8 Republicans that's coming up this coming Tuesday. And I'm not kidding you folks. If you want to get involved in grassroots, this is where it really starts. You might end up being in with uh, neighbors in your, from your neighborhood. You may even be chosen as the precinct chair or the recorder to take minutes. But it's a great way for you to get involved in politics. So, again, thank you, Tom Sullivan. Kenny, we got to take our CBS News break. KDAL time is 1240, 39 degrees in Duluth, sunshine. Uh, winds are out of the northeast. Uh, there's some white caps kicking up on the big lake, uh, but we're not going to complain about this weather because there are no snow banks. That's right. None. <laughs> None. No, no snow banks, no uh, <laughs> sloppy holes. You know, and I bet you we'll find a lot less uh, potholes this year, too. Yeah, it's uh, really something, this weather that we're experiencing. And, Brad, this is on the heels of the most snow ever for any winter. Last winter was the snowiest winter ever. And here we're 17 inches, 17.7. What did I say? Yeah, 17.7. Wow. You know what that says to me, Kenny? That says weather changes all the time. Yes, it does. Absolutely, it does. Sometimes it's terrible. Sometimes, you know, I mean, look at California right now. Have you seen some of the videos from out there where beautiful, very expensive houses are being washed away into canyons because of the rain? Yeah, but California, they always have that crazy kind of weather, don't they? Yeah, they do. They get a lot of of rain. You know, I was going to try to save this for you. Uh, Here, let's see what we can do with this. Uh, Let me... uh, Make some changes here and see if this changes anything. Wow, what's that aftershave you're wearing? Do I know <laughs> aftershave is so powerful it drives women right out of their minds. That's I was why we have to put instructions on self-defense in every package. Hi Karate, the brisk splash-on aftershave that smoothes and soothes and cools. Oh, God. Hi Karate, You know, I had completely forgot they even made that stuff. There you go. Yeah, that stuff wasn't cheap either. It was. They had a great uh, advertising uh, promotion. You can have to fend off women if you wear it, Brad. <laughs> I completely forgot they even made that stuff, Hi Karate. But... Well, you used to wear it to your karate classes. No, yes, no, did. I did oh, not. No, I didn't. I'll tell you, though, Tom was... Was one of those guys you kind of, you know, you you didn't want to mess with him. You just knew. I mean, I I forget what degree black belt he was, but uh, he was he was up there. Anyway, so this is a sad situation that I was talking about with Tom there in uh, in Wisconsin, over in uh, Russ County, where this dad, a thirty-five year old father of three daughters and a husband killed by a drunk driver, didn't have a, wasn't even supposed to be in this country. He was here illegally, didn't have a driver's license, driving drunk. You know, and why would you expect anything else? If if somebody like a Jorge Sanchez Zunjaba, Zazama, I guess his name is, if he entered our country illegally, broke our laws to come here, why would he think he had to follow laws about driving without drinking? You know, 
we are seeing day in and day out the tragic consequences of illegal immigration. And if the Democrats think it's going to go away before election time, the only way it's going to go away is if they pull a, a Trump and harden the border, start building that wall, and uh, just go right back to where we were before, where we have stay in Mexico policies, where we don't allow illegals to come in. You know, Texas has tried to do everything it can. And every time they turn around and come up with a new regulation, a new rule, put up razor wire, uh, put in floating barricades, pass a law that says if you get arrested and you're illegal, they're going to keep you out of here. You know, they're going to lock you up. Our administration, the Biden administration says, oh, no, you can't do that. We have open borders. We're a country built of immigrants. No, we're a country that's overflowing with illegal immigrants. Anyway, moving right along, we got another phone call. By the way, you can reach us at 722-0839. That's 218-722-0839. You can either call us or text us at that number. And we have Bob from Duluth that's on the line with us as well. Uh, Bob, good afternoon. Yes, hello. I just... I had a question for you. This morning, I thought sure. I heard on the news when they spoke to a Democrat about this, you know, postponing for the time being the resource officers in the public schools. Yes. That the reason I believe it was a Democrat, the reason they gave for postponing this and giving it some more thought. Now, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, if I misheard okay. this, but she said, I believe that we don't want what happened to George Floyd to happen in our public schools. Do you recall that being said? I don't. I've got to be honest with you, Bob. I don't recall that specific thing being said, but it doesn't, uh, I, I don't doubt it that uh, that, that could have been said. Um, I, I did receive, uh, I got to tell you, I received some documentation today from one of our uh, one of our politicians here, uh, Senator Rarick, uh, Jason Rarick, who's, uh, what is he, Kenny? Do you know? Is He's, uh, I believe, a senator out of the, like the North Branch area, somewhere near that area. Anyway, he, he included some of the documentation that has come out of the legislature about this, this uh, uh, student resource officer. He says, one issue we've already started to work on is a fix for for uh, student resource officers or SROs last december democrats passed legislation that changed the way that SROs were able to operate on school grounds as a result we saw many schools losing access to their officers due to the lack of clarity and guidance needed for them to perform their jobs in other words what the legislature basically was saying is that you can't take a student down to the ground no matter how out of control he is, no matter how out of control she is, no matter what they're doing, you can't take a, a student down to the ground and hold them until you can get them under control. Well, officers said, if you're, if you're going to try to control what we can and what we can't do, uh, we just don't want to be involved because we don't want to take the chance of being sued. Now Democrats are bringing forward a fix that does not provide, again, this is according to Jason Rarick, does not provide clarity but further muddies the water. Instead of just eliminating that line of law, 
Democrats are seeking a solution that turns decision-making over to the Board of Police Officers Standards and Training. Local governments, school boards, teachers, parents, and students all want uh, student resource officers back in the schools to help control the environment. But the Democrat Solutions offers a Band-Aid to a problem that deserves a cure. I, I think it is still being... Uh, worked on and it's still being debated in the legislature that just started Monday here in the state of Minnesota, but they don't have a uh, complete solution for that issue yet. But I wouldn't doubt for a minute because that's partially where it came from was the whole George Floyd fiasco uh, where uh, officers held him in a chokehold until he passed away. And you know, everybody is so righteous that they don't want to see that happen to any student. Nobody does. Nobody hopes it will ever happen to any student. But teachers are looking for some control, for some help controlling environments that are really tough to control in the schools. So I don't I don't have an answer for you other than that, Bob. But uh... I understand what you're saying, and I understand the process. But I guess what I really question is, if this was a Democrat, that's, I heard it on the news this morning, I'm almost certain. What really hmm. upsets me is using this inflammatory language, which just sets up a comparison that's completely irrelevant and erroneous. Oh, yeah. Try to, yeah. I understand the whole process of George Floyd and all of that, but to actually come out publicly and say that we don't want what happened to George Floyd to happen within the school, that is a totally erroneous connection between those two things. It's an inflammatory you got statement it. Yep. that is made on purpose, which is, I, I wish I knew who that Democrat was. It's a, it's a shameful thing to put that out there because there's no connection. In reality, uh, you know, unless well, you had me... a whole school full of George Floyds. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, Bob, the question that I was asking earlier uh, when I think Dan from Renshaw called it, and that's, am I... Am I wrong in assuming that police officers are a little bit shaky right now about what they can and can't do when they stop you for a violation? They're worried that uh, uh, anything they do might be considered uh, against your rights or something. And, and so they're worried about even trying to take control of a situation. If I were and I'm you know, I'm sure if I were you're absolutely right. If if I were a police officer. I would not, and I don't know what a police officer's legal obligations are, but I would not, I would be extremely careful about who I pulled over and why yeah. I pulled them over. And Duluth, didn't they just work on this thing uh, as far as uh, headlights out or th something hanging from your mirror? I would be extremely cautious as a police officer for everything that you just mentioned to right. even get involved in that sort of thing, even to the point where... You you need probable cause to do something. I mean, you and I don't know. I, I can completely understand, and I don't know yeah. if an officer can do that. But I would be extremely wary, and maybe that's the whole point. You know, from walking down the middle of the street to resisting arrest to not complying with the police officer. You know, and some of that I understand, but but for the most part, it puts the police in a in such a precarious Real position tough spot. Yeah, that there's, you, bet. you know, I don't know if I were a cop, I don't know what I would do, to be honest with you. 
That's got to be an extremely difficult job to do in today's atmosphere. You're absolutely right. Well, listen, Bob, thank you so much. But we got to run to our Minnesota news break. We'll be back right after this. KDAL time is 154. We're going to go 150. I'm sorry, 12. 1255. There it is. 1255. There is so much warm air. 46 degrees in Solon Springs. Uh, 44 in Siren, Wisconsin, uh, 39 in Duluth. Uh, let's go up to the Iron Range. How about uh, Eveleth, 43 degrees. <laughs> Man, Man, you got to love that. you got to absolutely and love it. plenty of sunshine to go around. Kenny, not to put you on the spot, but what do you think is going to happen in this court case? Oh, now, what court case have. are we talking about, Brad? But we don't really the, have a lot of time here. Yeah, no, the New York case, this Ergon, what do you think yeah. is, is going to happen there? Uh, I think this is going to be overruled, Brad. I think this fine is going to be lessened, and I think Trump is going to win uh, the presidency, and then he's going to be a dictator for a day, and watch out. <laughs> I think yeah. this is awesome. Go get him, Trump. <laughs> Well, I hope all of us will be able to make a run-up to B&B Market and get a, get our supplies of meat in because it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, but when I say B&B Market, I'm talking about the quality catering and meat place at the top of the Big Lake Hill in Cloquet. I went there years and years ago when my daughter was getting married because they handled all the arrangements for uh, shrimp cocktails and so many other things they can help you out if you've got a big party coming down. Or if you just want to take care of your own family needs, they got weekly specials every week. This particular week from February 17th through the 23rd, they got meaty soup bones, marrow cut bones, ring cut bones. These are bones your dogs might like, $3.99 a pound. They've got beef New York strip steaks family pack, $9.29 a pound. Individuals, $10.29 a pound. And they got everything, bacon, tons of bacon, pork chops, uh, homemade beef sticks. You can buy five homemade beef sticks for ten bucks, two fifty a piece, and so much more. I mean, snack food. How about popcorn chicken, a dollar ninety nine a pound? Corn dogs, a dollar ninety nine a pound. Smithfield ham steak, a dollar ninety nine a pound. And you know those great little barbecued pork riblets that you can throw in the microwave or throw in the oven for the kids when they come home after school, ninety nine a pound. Again, these are all at the uh, top of the Big Lake Hill B&B Market. Give them a call at 218-879-3555. Leave your order, and they'll have it ready for you when you stop to pick it up. They're great, great people. It's a great full-line grocery store, but they've got one of the best butcher shops and meat departments you will find anywhere if you just stop up at B&B Market. You know, today is National Love Your Pet Day. Oh, I love my pet every day. Oh, I do too. <laughs> do, you let that, do you let that scary dog of yours in? By the way, is, is Rebel still afraid of the loud sounds? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he uh, a car with a loud muffler uh, makes goes him, crazy. Yeah, huh? Well, it doesn't go crazy, but he you know looks around like, oh boy, what is that? That's not thunder, is it? But today's <laughs> National Love Your Pet Day. It's also Clean Out Your Book Case Day. Ooh, it's Cherry Pie Day, Brad. Oh, Cherry Pie! Yes, today is Cherry Pie Day. Come on, oh. it's Women in Blue Jeans Day. Uh, and I like that. I'm sorry, Brad. It's what? No Politics Day. What? I'm sorry. 
Sorry, we're not going to be able to fulfill that one. I can tell you that right now. No, we're going to continue on with the, with the politics when we come back. Uh, I, I would like you to think about it through the break, though. What do you think is going to happen with this Ergon? Is it going to go to appeal? Is Trump going to have to come up with that kind of money, $455 million to just get an appeal? That's insane. Well, but we'll be back. <laughs> 